When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Second hour of the program. Busy, busy, busy. Barat Sundarayson will be joining me in about 10 minutes' time, but the Alltel open line is up and running. Awesome service, great products. Switch to Alltel today, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. So let's start this hour with your calls. John, listening in via the SEN app in Auckland. Good morning, John. Your thoughts on Vegas? Oh, it was brilliant, mate. And it was uh, a good time to watch the footy too. I mean, for the East Coast of Australia and in New Zealand, it was about 3 or 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So it was a good time to watch the footy, and I think it's a success. I think the AFL will be looking at the NRL for tips from now on. Um, but the thing I want to harp on about is the the incident that marred uh, the great weekend, and that was the racial slur, apparently, that happened. Um, that was really disappointing mm. from you know two professional, well, from a professional athlete towards another. And I'm not too sure how the NRL are going to deal with that, but I think that really marred the event. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, look, it definitely marred. I don't know if it marred the event, John. I, I hear you and I agree with you that it was. Uh, you know, it was very, very unfortunate the way that it played out. And with these issues in particular, I'm totally of the opinion that you stand back and you let the process take its place. I mean, what you and I can try and guess and assume and do all that kind of stuff, but it doesn't serve any purpose outside of, um, you know, just causing a ruckus. So I, I think we step back, we let this whole thing play out in the way that it's meant to play out through the processes. I know that sounds like corporate speak, but that's the reality of the situation. But um, it was really unfortunate the way that it played out. I, I don't know if you've seen it, but um, Brent Reid actually uh, went up to Spencer Lenu afterwards. He did it for Triple M and he and he spoke to him and Spencer Lenu said, no, 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 you know, there's no problems at all. So... He's obviously denied that there was any racial intent behind it, and that's about all we can go on. And Ezra Mam has has made lodged a formal complaint, so um, it's a pity. Yep. Um, in terms of marring the event itself, I'm not sure about that one. Let's see how it plays out. But you'd be happy to watch um, Vegas roll around again over the next couple of years, John. Well, yeah, yeah, and yeah. especially because, you know, there were two rugby events over in the States. There was the Sevens happening in uh, Los Angeles mm. and the Rugby League in Las Vegas. And obviously the one in Vegas was all over ESPN in, in America and Fox in America. And it kind of outshone the Sevens. The Sevens has been there for close on 20 years. Yeah, um, yeah. And in Northern America, mate, they've... The, they, sorry, mate. In North America, they've they've got more of an attachment to rugby um, throughout the college systems and all that kind of stuff, as you know, as in rugby union. So that's uh, uh, one of the other takeaways, which we knew going in, we got to drop rugby league out of there. They, they just keep getting it mixed up and let's just stick with NRL. We've got three letters. Let's, let's use them. Hey, thanks, John. Got to move. The uh, board is busy. Steve is on the line. So the Vegas opportunity, Steve, good morning to you. What did you, what did you take away from the weekend? I think they've start, I think they've started with the bar pretty high, mate, and I don't know how much more they can do to improve that product short of give them an NRLW game. 
I reckon the Yanks would eat that up. Yep, possibly. Somebody else threw that up this morning. It's not something that I had on my radar, but it makes absolute sense. If you can fit it into the schedule um, and fit it into uh, the weekend and the cost factor and all that kind of stuff, then for sure. The NRLW is a really good product, and why not take it over there? I, I can't see any downside to that at all. I think that, like, the natural, the only way you can grow it is to give them more. And I think I think two competition games um, from from our NRL perspective is fine. I think if you had another day, you could even have the women play first and then the, the World Club Challenge is the second game. Um, so let's grow it not just for our for our viewing um, for our viewing and uh, area, mm. but grow the world. World Club Championship would be great. Yep. Yeah, there's another one to throw in the mix. Thanks, Steve. Good to hear from you this morning. I just, I reckon we just need a little pause here because Phil has sent me a text early on saying, settle down, Matt. The NRL hasn't even grown out of New South Wales and Queensland in over 100 years. Let them do that before taking on America. I think we need to just pause a second here and go, in my, in my opinion, the whole reason for this is not to take over America. The whole reason of this is not to go and play a game there every week in America. The whole reason behind this is to get more Americans and those living in America involved enough in the game, be exposed to the game, to want to pick it up on their phones or on their TVs, download the Watch NRL app and pay for it, ka-ching, right, and perhaps have a bet on it. That's the whole reason. I could imagine that there's no part of the NRL strategy here that says we need to try and have a, um, a massive expanse in the USA and take our comp. Sure, we've got that NRL America proposal, but that's the whole reason. So they're not trying to take on America, in my opinion. They're trying to get in there and get a piece of the marketplace around betting and subscriptions. That's what they're trying to do. And in, in that part, the numbers will tell the story, yes, but they've got a foothold already. They've got their toe in the water and they announced strongly that they were there. Uh, a couple of quick calls before I get to Brad Sundarason. James, just a quick one from you on, on Will Pekoski. Good morning. Yeah, morning. Um, I think he should be uh, looking at Viv Richards. He never wore a helmet. He wore his cap and he always said, I wear a cap because that forces me to get my head in line with the ball and then I can get step inside, move inside it or move out. And if you watch him, every time he hooked, he's always hooking, and the ball was on his left shoulder, and his head was inside the line. Now, maybe they should take the helmet off him in the net, use a softer ball, and just bowl, get short-pitch balls at him to get make, make him move his head. Because a lot now they've got the helmet, I'll just hook it off my face. And if they miss it, they're getting hit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll, mate, the only thing I'd say about that is thank God for the helmet. Um that, that, that really, that's the only thing. And I love the swashbuckling era that you're referring to, as you well know. And Viv Richards, one of my all-time favourite players. But in Will Pekofsky's case, um, and I don't say this lightly, thank God for the helmet. Even though he's going through those struggles, it could well be a very different story if he if he didn't. Got to go to Barat now. Greg, um, who is also on the line, do you mind holding on, Greg? I might just send you back to Chucky because uh, need to catch up with my man, Barat Sundarason, after that first test. Good morning to you. Borat, good to catch up with you. You probably just heard that call there. So Will Pekoski is a topic of discussion and it's a serious discussion to have and he'll be getting all the right assistance medically, professionally, everything, won't he? 
Oh, he certainly will. Uh, good morning, Mary. Always good to talk to you. And uh, look, uh, the final call or uh, what happens next will obviously uh, depend a lot on what his, his doctors are saying uh, because it's it's not a new uh, new problem for him. Um, you know, he's dealt with it for 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 a long time now, and, and also he's been very open about what it's been like uh, to be Will Pekoski. You know, often we. In these kind of cases, um, uh, it's always just uh, secondhand, thirdhand information. But uh, it, it, because of just who he is and the way he is, uh, so honest and uh, uh, candid about everything he's been through, the, the mental health side of it as well. Uh, I think we are all aware of uh, how difficult it, it, it is for him. Uh, but it, we are also aware that uh, just before, uh, what, just two weeks ago, uh, he he gave that interview to the Cricket Victoria podcast, and he said. Um, he's sort of getting over it. He's, he's on the other side of the hill and immediately he makes that hundred. So I know it's, it's, it's a setback and, and every, like a lot of commentary on, Oh, um, you know, we need to put, put an end to this or like, you know, this can't keep happening. Uh, but I mean, having said that, I think Will Pekoski is in a place where I think he's best, uh, uh, he's, this is the best place to handle it. And I, I think also the people around him, the doctors and everyone else, um, uh, will will be you know it will be in a position to uh, make sure hopefully that uh, this isn't the end and he can continue. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really if we just put it in cricketing terms, and I think you've summed up that perfectly, Barat. But if you put it in cricketing terms and and where you should never play sort of you know the the, the massive game of assumptions, but where will Pukowski should have been right now? And, and what the Australian selectors particularly and Cricket Australia and those in the know and all the experts, Will Pekofsky by all right should be opening the batting for Australia. And, and and that was the plan all along for this young man with the talent and the skill that he's got. And unfortunately, everything that's that's gone on for him has meant that he hasn't been part of that scenario. So we, it's just amazing the sliding doors moments that he's suffered and the flow-on effect that that's had on the current makeup of the Australian team, because if Will Pekofsky's going through unscathed, Steve Smith isn't opening the batting for Australia, and Cameron Green would be going, hang on a second, how do I force my way back into this squad that I had to move out for Mitchell Marsh to come back in? It's quite crazy. <laughs> it is. And one uh, brief opportunity he got to play test cricket. He, as anyone who had seen him in shield cricket um, expected him to, just felt like he belonged, right? He made that half century in Sydney, um, looked really at ease. In fact, even uh, at, at better ease than David Warner, who was coming back from injury in that Test match. But um, look, I think when he scored that hundred last last week, uh, Mary, like it felt like uh, a release not just for him but for everyone who's interested in Australian cricket, not just in Australia but around the world. Uh, and you know, it might sound a little unfair, but but the reason that this Will Pekoski uh, concussion story gets so much, uh, uh, so much coverage is also because he's Will Pekoski. I mean, he is the precocious talent. He, uh, like you said, he looked like a hundred test minimum kind of cricketer when uh, when I saw him for the first time, and everybody else did as well. I remember being on commentary at the Glenelg Oval when uh, him and Marcus Harris like put on that incredibly massive opening partnership. Uh, it feels like he, they're still batting. That's how long it felt they they batted against South Australia and. Uh, you know, and it's not that he can't play the short ball. I think people just assume they see one clip of him getting hit and say, "Oh, that means he can't play the short ball." No, I mean his. Um, uh, if you look at look, if you've ever watched a Will Pekoski innings, he plays the pull shot and the cut shot as well as anyone. Um, you know, so it's just that 
because he has that history, uh, these kind of moments just get even more highlighted and then, then, you know, people immediately jump to conclusions. Yeah. The first test win by Australia, 172 runs at the end of it, which puts into perspective the 174 not out from Cameron Green. But, gee, he had, <laughs> which is, you know, he had, a, he had a handy bloke pushing him for player of the match honours by the name of Nathan Lyon, who fell nine runs short, Barat, of that, of that elusive half century. But... Um, counters that by collecting 10 wickets across the match. I mean, no wonder Paddy Cummins says, if Nathan Lyon retires, I'm, I'm finished as captain. I'm just going to walk away because he's that kind <laughs> jokingly, obviously, but he's that kind of player. I don't even think he was joking, you know. Um, and, 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 you know <laughs> and when he said that, like my first thought was, I remember when Pat Cummins had just taken over as his captain at the Gabba uh, what, three summers ago in the Ashes. Um, and I asked him about captaining Nathan Lyon. I said, look, you've barely captained at any level, and then you, you're cap- about to captain someone who's uh, just about to take 400 test wickets. So, uh, and he's, at that point, he said, look, um, you know, I, I'm just going to leave it completely in the hands of Nathan. Uh, but obviously, even Pat Cummins' captaincy has grown uh, over the years in, in, with regards to how he's used Nathan Lyon. Uh, and Nathan Lyon has had a lot to do with that. I mean, he's kind of carried him along in that sense. And, uh, you know, even yesterday morning, it was Pat Cummins who felt that uh, Lyon should bowl from, from the commentary box in for a couple of overs. But then, you know, Nathan Lyon walked up to him and said, you know what, mate, I know what I'm doing. Put me back uh, at the other end. And it took him three balls to get break that partnership. And uh, then he just ran through the rest of the uh, New Zealand batting lineup. But, yeah, I mean, look, he's. I, I said this on air. I said he's the... Uh, the best pure finger spinner uh, test cricket has ever seen. Uh, I know Ian Smith that's sitting next to me uh, wasn't 100% convinced, but but he is. I mean, there is Ashwin, there is Murli Dharan, but you know they use different parts of their hands as well to to bowl off spin. But he's just um, something else near the line, and he looks hungrier and fitter. I mean, look, um, you always look for a silver lining, don't you, Maddie? When you get a bad injury like he did at Lords. But who knows if anything, it might have extended his career and you might see Nathan Lyon wheeling away till um, 2027, which is what he wants to do and win a series in England and in India. Yeah, yeah, that five, uh, and you mentioned Murley there. So that five for is his first in New Zealand and joins Warney and Murley as the only bowlers to have done fifers across nine countries. I mean, he's just ticking all the boxes at the moment. So a couple of changes, well, at least one change for the Kiwis as we head towards the second test later this week. So Willow Rourke's out with a hamstring injury and they'll they'll probably call in Ben Sears. They would have been tempted to knock on Neil Wagner's door and say, are you sure about <laughs> retirement? Uh, I think they flirted with that idea. But honestly, like, I mean, and I've been a Neil Wagner fan for, for more than 10 years now. Uh, and, like, you know, he also did feel, I'm sure you have seen clips of uh, uh, my failure to win the dress-up competition. Yes. That, uh, the base he deserved. And Neil Wagner is also a good man. He said that he was voting for me and he didn't believe the eight-year-old kid dressed like a fox should have won. But, well, that's a debate for another day. <laughs> uh, but... I do, in, in a strange way, I do feel that they shouldn't go back to Neil Wagner because it almost feels like a step back. I mean, ideally, he should have played this test, right? And because he wasn't going to play this test is, when, is why he retired. Um, New Zealand need to move forward. I mean, they really need to find some, some young kid like Ben Sears. Uh, I saw him in the Nets. He's quick. He's got that extra X-factor pace about him, uh, which is what they lacked uh, in this game. Willow Rook was impressive, uh, but... You know, after a point, he he also kind of uh, looked a little toothless. So uh, they need a new X factor. And I mean, if it were to be Neil Wagner playing again, 
Um, well, so be it. But I, I do think that they need to move forward, and uh, Ben Sears could well be uh, someone who will, you know, grab our attention. Like, look, de- debutants or debutant fast bowlers seem to be doing well against Australia of late. So, so why not add another one to that list? Yeah, all right, mate. So, second test starts Friday morning, nine o'clock uh, Friday morning our time. Terrific coverage, um, absolutely brilliant. So, enjoy that second test. Thanks for your time this morning. No worries at all, Matty. Always a pleasure. Barat Sundarason there. And on that, uh, text says, Matty, apologies to you and Hads, but Jared Whateley, Ian Smith and Barat are the best test commentary team going around. Brilliant. Yes, and all those that are joining them. Adam Collins, of course, in there as well. Um, I love it. Absolutely love it. 0457 736 736 is the text line or one 1170 if you'd like to give me a call on the Alltel open line.